I'm also a notary public. <laughs> I'm proud to be here, and as I listen to these great people uh, perceive me, I've been trying to think what I might tell you kids that would be important to you, and I've been reviewing some of my life. Uh, when I was about your age, I made a trip with my family up in the northern part of Minnesota to Ely to fish. Uh, and at that point, my dad had sold our little ranch, leased the farm, and while I was studying animal science at Texas A&M, I was now unemployed. And I was thinking, what am I going to do? Where do I go from here? And I think maybe that's what a lot of you guys are thinking. When I say guys, I mean girls and guys. Uh, and uh, a great uncle was up for kind of a family gathering we had. And I was visiting with him. He says, and I was at that point thinking about becoming a dentist. He says, Clady, I don't know. Maybe if you like it. But he said, when you do that, you have limited your ability to what you can do with your own hands. And he, and he told me, really, so the people that have done the best and have gone the furthest in the business world and then making money, if you would, have done it using other people's abilities. And from that point on, that was really a, a major change for me because I'm proud to say that I now have nine or ten of my employees that are now millionaires. And, uh, and you say, well, how is that? It's because I have kind of a deal. If I make money, my people make money. In other words, instead of just a salary, I've tied my employees and my, my hands, as we say in the oil field, to net profits. So if, I have a, if, if one man does a good job for me, if one gal does a good job for me, then she shares in the profits of that venture. My oldest employee, I have a secretary, and boy, she doesn't like to be called old, has been with me now 24 years, and she's several times over a millionaire because she had stock when there was only me and a partner and her. And I later bought some of her stock to sell it to other people. But that's been a foundation to my success in the business world. And I have had a lot of fun. I wished I could put it back and do it all over again. I've, uh, and I've done my business, and I've founded it more or less on very basic premises. Uh, I started a little gas company after I was brokering oil and gas leases. That's kind of, I was fighting the oil company and defending the rancher and trying to make a, a brokering commission for Williams in between. And then I started a gas company, and I had a little gas discovery, natural gas. And I built a pipeline to farmers in the area, and I sold them better quality gas at a better price. And that's the system we're talking about. And I later uh, started uh, talking to other people into giving me their money to invest for them in my wells. And some of them hit. A lot of them failed. Uh, as my business progressed, I, I broadened into other activities. But all always depending on these key, wonderful people that work for me without whom I couldn't operate. So maybe now I've got a lot of companies and I do a lot of things, but none of these things could I do without motivated, honest people with a high degree of integrity with my interest at heart. And uh, for example, people say, well, Clay, how can you run so many businesses? I say, I don't run those businesses. My key people run those businesses and they treat those businesses like they're their own business. And if, if there's a key to my success, it is my people. Uh, earlier today, where's this uh, rich Texan that got all the cows and there's a cowboy and all that stuff? And I wanted to stand up and I said, well, you're, you're sure going to be disappointed because instead of looking like John Wayne in a cowboy hat, I'm short with a big nose and bald-headed. But, I, <laughs> but I, ha I have had a lot of fun. Now, I made some 
I made some notes while I was trying here, and I wanted to uh, to give you guys a few things. I teach school at Texas A&M to graduate students, and I've done it the last year, and I've enjoyed it very much. And I have many kids stand up and say, what should I do? How how should I carry my life? Where should I go from here? And I've, I've uh, replied, uh, without exception, to do what you like. You'll do best at what you like. And you've seen these great people up here earlier uh, talking with a twinkle in their eye about a crystal that I don't know what it is, Doctor. And, and it, but, but, it, but, but didn't you see the great joy that he had in the crystal, the great joy in that man's mind as he moved and enjoyed his life and what he was doing? And all of these people that have come up here and preceded me, they've said that, haven't they? They've liked it. They've enjoyed and you can talk about integrity and honesty and work and many things, but mostly the successful people that you've seen have this one thing in common. They've enjoyed what they're doing, and they get into it. And, you know, I started, I was going to be a cowboy, then I was going to be a dentist, and now I enjoy, I guess I enjoy the people, and I enjoy the accomplishments that people have done that are working for our mutual benefit. I've, uh, I would like to say this, uh, and I'm going to talk about the business community as a whole. Most people, most Americans are exposed to the businessman watching Dallas on TV. <laughs> and J.R. is a guy that I wouldn't do business with, frankly. You'd be amazed that the, that the, that the businessmen and the business community are men of high integrity. And if they're not, I don't have time to deal with the damn people. And you're, you're busy. We're in a hurry. I'm doing things, and I'm trying to make things happen. And if i got to deal with a crook, I'm going to deal with him. I'll go somewhere else. And it is such a shame that we talk about the greatness of the free enterprise, and it's so efficient, and it's so beautiful. And it can be cruel if you don't mind your P's and Q's. But the integrity of the American businessman is so much higher than you're led to believe by the television, by books. They're the businessmen are good people, and they're family people as a general rule. They're not the guy that's, yeah, we're trying to make a buck, you bet, but they're not the guy that's going to go shoot the competitor and that stuff. And that's, <laughs> uh, it's such a shame that, that, that the American businessman is portrayed as a conniver and, and a bad guy because really he's the fine guy. And he's the man that makes the money, that feeds the faces in this country, that, that fuels the schools that does things, even like myself, that takes extra time to teach school to share with uh, you young folks some of the things we've learned, some of the hard knocks we've had. Well, I'm going to open it up for questions that you might have, but, but I would like to say, don't be like Dallas. That's not the real world. <laughs> time for three or four questions over here yeah I've, I've wanted to ask this question of a lot of the people who have a lot of money is is there a use for all that money once you get beyond what you can use personally besides making more money it's the fun it's the joy <laughs> uh, well I have probably had more money than I could spend uh, playing with for some period of time. It's the achievement. And I'm no different than you guys. Look what I did today. I was with my wife. Instantly, I'd like my wife, Modesta, to stand up. That's, one of the, that's my partner and one of the reasons I'm here. Please do it. <laughs> the, the accomplishment, the achievement, and the monies is, I mean, once you, you can only eat so much, you can only get drunk so many times. And, you know, <laughs> 
and then it's it's for the achievement and the joy of doing things. You know, I, I do want to. I, I forgot the main darn part of my talk, <laughs> and that came from uh, I've worked very hard and I play hard, and my wife and I hunt, and I guess that that the most important event that maybe has been in our life. We've we've been to Russia twice on hunts. We were over in Russia some five or six years ago, and we, we actually went through Russia. We landed in Moscow. We saw the soldiers with their boots. And they, there's a fright about seeing a man in boots. I don't know if you all uh, I mean, it, it is. A military man in boots it makes you think of the Germans and those things in, in World War II. We went into Mongolia. We hunted Mongolia for a month, two weeks in the high Altai Mountains, uh, joining China, and two weeks in the uh, Gobi Desert. We became very close friends with our guide. Uh, one, uh, he was a school teacher, and thus he talked English, and he was our interpreter. When we came back to Ulaanbaatar, which is the capital of Mongolia, we, uh, we were going for one day shopping before we started home. And as we were crossing the street, three black cars with uh, red flags passed by, and this man just cringed, and he just tried to kind of uh, disappear almost. And I said, well, that, what is that, the KGB or something like that? It says the secret police and they have too much power. And he just cringed. That uh, coupling along with a, with a period of time where we were in a country where there is no freedom. When we finally, we were arrested in uh, Leningrad because we had rifles and we were, our plane was overdue. And of course, it was their damn fault why it was overdue in the first place. <laughs> uh, as we then, we finally got on a Aeroflot Russian airplane and we just, we were just wanting to be free so bad. When we landed in Denmark, I just said, please get that, get up. Let, let's, let me get out and kiss the ground. You cannot believe how beautiful and joyful freedom is unless you haven't had it. And we were not free for one month in Russia and in Mongolia. And it's like you don't miss the water until the well goes dry. And when we got out, it was just like you could finally breathe again. And you don't know, young folks, until you've actually not had freedom, what a great joy and what a great privilege it is. And that's why those men that you saw on television that were scaling the cliffs at Normandy, that's why they had to die. Uh, sad thing it is, but that freedom is joyful and wonderful. And all the beautiful future that you have in front of you was paid for by America's fighting men at one point or another. Huh? I believe that. Another question? <laughs> I'm not a politician. I'm not running for office or anything, but that's a God's truth. <laughs> <laughs> this young lady. Yes, ma'am. This isn't quite as lyrical a question, but um, what, there's been a lot written about the response about how international corporations are able to accumulate power that enables them to manipulate national governments or to kind of overrule them. What do you think is the role of international business in working in national boundary, within national boundaries? Well, you know, I, I grew up in a little town west of the Pecos River in West Texas. Maybe you all heard of the Pecos River. And when I started doing business east of the Pecos River, I thought it was a terrible mistake because the big guys kept batting me back down again. Uh, international finance, I know very little about it. I have a couple of, of hunting companies in Africa that may or may not pay out, and, and they're about to beat us to death. Uh, the Tanzanian government, they took the concession away, and so if, if there's been anything happening, it's the government beating international businessmen. But I'm really not, uh, I, I have no experience in that way. I, I might, just one other thing, I was with a, 
a, a, an editor from Texas Monthly here not long ago, and he was saying that are the big corporations going to buy up all the land that nobody can enjoy? And I said, I have several ranches, and I have a real ranch operation, and we run a lot of cattle, and we do it in the real way in the real world. But I said, I don't think any corporation I know are going to want to buy these ranches because there's not any money in it. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't answer that question. I'm sorry. We can take one more question, please, if you have one. About cows or, or, <laughs> or, or drilling dry holes or anything else. Here comes a good one, I bet. Uh, back on the subject of having so much money, uh, <laughs> how, how um, with so many people um, in our country that are going hungry and all that, how, how do you justify having so much money for um, few individuals? I think that's a real good question. Let me see if I can answer that. My job... Uh, as a businessman in a free enterprise system is to first take care of my family. It's to second take care of my employees. So you take when you have that money. I don't really have that money. That money is owed. I borrow from. Uh, there are nine banks that I borrow money from. And I take that money. I, I really kind of work for banks in a way as a debtor. And so I take that money and I drill oil wells which produce fuel uh, I, I put it in land which produces beef, which produces food. In order, I, I am a producer. And while the system, if I'm an efficient producer, that my key people have done a good job making me money and making them money, then my efficiency, if I'm producing beef cheaper than anyone else, if I'm able to produce oil cheaper, then that is my job. The money is the fruits of my labor and of my people's labor. And I think the one thing I've done with, uh, with my businesses and why we've been mutually successful, that I've made my people a lot of money as well, too. And I think that as the, we're going in such a dynamic, new, and, and wonderful future, one of the key things that are being uncovered is that instead of a total adversary relationship like labor and management and strikes, you, you've got to bring your people with you and let them profit and let them make money. And you can make more money, too, if you share that with the people. As far as having that extra money, uh, many of the people, uh, the, uh, the awardees in the room have that money. It's a joy only with what can be done. I'm proud to say that I've probably given uh, $4 million to my university, Texas A&M, with great joy. And I've uh, funded other projects that that are dear to my heart, but I don't in any way apologize for having the money because I made it honest, and I have made other people money doing it, and I've done a job of producing beef and oil and gas or buildings efficiently and economically, and that makes the system hum, and I paid a lot of taxes while we did it. <laughs> Good. Good. Thank you very much.